Welcome to the Picture of Wealth, a podcast all about living more of your life now, yet being responsible for your future. Lifestyle experimenter, wealth scientist, and financial coach Dustin Service shares life hacks, wealth tips, and interviews successful entrepreneurs on how they're thriving in happiness, purpose, and prosperity. Now, when I think of the term my father used to say to me as I got older in life, shit or get off the pot. He was referring to make a decision, as in hurry up. And the origin goes back to when houses only had one loo and whoever had to go the most got the precedence. If you were sitting there and not going, you were of less priority. Okay, you get it. Enough of that, but sure, in today's world, I'm not sure this would actually work because usually men, you know, currently the most accused, uh, not sure it's fact or if science has confirmed it, but seem to take longer than previously, checking social media, classifieds, travel sites, essentially, you know, multitasking. But Wow, I'm off topic. The guest you have just heard the voice of is Hall of Fame professional speaker and author Linda Edgecombe. She wrote a book called Shift or Get Off the Pot. And it's a great story and great tools on how to make a shift in your life. That shift could be health, wealth, relationships, or mindset, all of which Linda uses humor to unpack and gives personal insight on into the, the how or the why you know, she has moved through life using these tools. She also gives us a a wealth tidbit on how she has lived in 28 houses over 35 years and that what that has done for her wealth. We get into what I call the wealth edge and you'll learn what Linda's wealth edge and her husband's key strategy is. She also gives you two very powerful questions to ask yourself right now that could completely change the trajectory of your life. Let's get into it. Linda, thanks a lot for being on the show today, and I am excited to move people from distraction and overwhelm to uh, being resilient and engaged. So I think for a lot of the entrepreneurs that are listening, you know, if they can get themselves like that, they might be able to get their staff like that, and it might be able to create leverage so they have a bit of lifestyle to themselves. So thanks a lot for being on the show today. It's it's my pleasure. I mean, it took me a few times of postponing, canceling. Uh, I've I've got COVID. I can't speak. <laughs> well, nice. hopefully, hopefully, yeah, that's for another day for maybe a glass of wine discussion if COVID exists anymore because the media doesn't seem to think it does. But uh, today we're going to go on a journey. I think there's a couple scenarios I want you to unpack. You know, you're a you know Hall of Fame speaker, you're an author, you've got a couple books uh, written that we're going to talk about, and I think that's a great place to start. Would be you know, shift or get off the pot is a tagline in one of your books, and you're holding it up. So there it is, shift or get off the pot. And I think there's, there's some innuendo and some humor in there. And you know, give, give, give us a, a, a teaser of what, you know, that, you know, that title means. Yes. Well, the reason I went with that title is my mother, who, God bless you, she's passed six, six years ago, um, used to actually say it to us, not shift, she'd say the real thing uh consistently uh you know which means you know make a decision already like get on with it um stop just talking complaining um theorizing just freaking do something and um but the reason i went with the title shifter get off the pot is because i often for the last 30 now one years um speak about making shifts in our life but my colleague um uh from Ontario who is quite a sassy speaker himself you know that's why I like him he when I was writing it he says Linda if you title the book um 
you know, 12 steps to being a better you. He goes, I will kick you in the ass. He goes, if you, <laughs> if you can't make this book uh, title sassy, and I believe me, I ran a few titles by some people and they're like, oh, it's a bit, you know, and then a few people said, what is it? What is it about marijuana? The plot? I was never into pot, but anyways, um, but anyways, it's funny. I, like I said, told you before we got on the, on the, on the call uh, that um, on Monday, that's what this association chose as a title because they liked sassy. And of course, whenever anybody says it, they go shift. And I, you know, <laughs> when, when they introduced yeah. me in that, that book anyways, but um, I just, uh, you know, I just, I just wanted people to just say, you know, we take a snapshot. What are you procrastinating on? It's actually pretty simple to move forward on things. Uh, we just need to literally move, act on right. anything, just start. And so that's what uh, people are, that's what people are, will ask me about. And so they'll also when I when I finish a presentation because I usually will have some of, mostly scarves. We'll get to that maybe. Um, <laughs> I'll have both my books there, just a few of them, and they'll say, "Which one should I get? Shift or Breaking Busy?" I said, "Well." Shift is about starting something. Breaking busy is about stopping something. Yeah. <laughs> so, so where are you at? <laughs> so, so how, like in today's world, I think, you know, that there's this, you know, we've really had a, a, you know, trying on our sort of brains in the last couple of years, but maybe it's just, it's been like that forever. But we have so much access to information that, you know, access, the more information we access, the smarter we'll be and the better decisions that we'll make. And, uh, you know, so I would say, you know, when you're, re you know, people get researching things, it's like, I need to make good decisions for the future. And so we're going to, I'm going to make a shift. I'm going to make a change. I'm going to do something. I better do some research, 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 research. Oh yeah. It's just, I'm still at a crossroads. I'm still on the fence teetering. How, like, how do you cut through? And again, this is, you can swear on the podcast, but how do you cut through the shit to get to starting that first move to get changing? Okay, so the research for most people is the easy part. Mm. It's never the thing. So it's never the let's get fitter or healthier or sleep better or have better conversations or spend more time with my kids. It's never those. Those things aren't the hard thing. It's getting to them. Right. And motivation does not come from me blabbing with you or blabbing to whoever's listening to your podcast today. Motivation is physics. It's about literally putting one foot in front of the other and starting something. If you lean towards this, the side of perfection, which 50% of the population lean towards the side of perfection. Um, and some people lean towards the far side of perfection. So they, you know, really hold themselves back because they, you'll never have, I'll say it, your shit together. You'll never have enough information to start. And so my philosophy, and it's worked for me, I'm not sure if this is your philosophy, but I have sold things before I've even created them. Mm -hmm. I, I sold Breaking Busy before I ever wrote it for a conference that was six months ahead of me. And I backed up what I had to do to get that thing done so it could be published so I could actually sell the whatever thousands of copies at this conference. That was my motivation. And if I hadn't sold it, I would have just put it off and put it off because it's getting to the writing, not the writing itself. Mm -hmm. That is the challenge. It's getting to putting your freaking shoes on and walking out the door, not the walk itself. So the research part is where we're comfortable. We're very comfortable in front of our computers because it's pretty safe to be there. Yeah. 
And you know what? I think when you're reading stuff, we all, as we've learned in the last number of years, we only find the information that agrees with our perspective anyway. Everything you search, you keep on getting. And, you know, it depends on the decision. And decisions are something that we're not, we're not taught how to make decisions. And if you have a tough time, and I have certainly family members and friends who have a real difficult time making decisions on what they want to do because they never make decisions. So I always say, start small, decide what you want to have for dinner tonight, decide where you want to go for, like make a decision. Don't say, Oh no, you choose. Oh no, you choose. And you, when you decide you tend to act and it literally, and who gives a whether it's perfect, you've got it together. Nobody does. And most of us, you know, put a perception around us that, oh yeah, I've got it so together. No one has it together. Mm-hmm. We're all pretty much faking it. But some of us get more done because we act more often. We we launch yeah. more often. I just uh, finished a book called uh, The Luck Factor. And I kind of got obsessed a few months ago with like luck and some, you know, it's just with clients, you know, their, their investments are lucky. They buy out a building. Next thing you know, the highways department wants it or just li- little things where I'm like, how are they so lucky? And, uh, you know, one of the biggest things out of all the books that I read was lucky people. They, they you know, people that it's like, wow, that guy won another contest. Well, that guy enters way more contests than someone else. So if you're constantly, you know, swinging at the fence, then you've got a better chance. Totally. And, and again, I don't know if you want to, you know, people should be buying lottery tickets every week. I don't know if that's a good thing, but those people in theory would be more lucky than, than someone Absolutely. else. The, the odds, you might want to watch the odds, but you nailed it before of saying, you know, when people get stuck in the decision, they're usually worried about what the other people are going to think about the repercussion of the decision okay. after and, the fact. And the truth is other people aren't thinking, they aren't thinking about you at all. They're thinking about themselves and what they're not doing. Yeah. If we if we could just get our handle around, see the the point to me always is, um, life is real simple. We all have stuff in our heads. Very few of us write it down because if you write it down, oh my god, you might have to actually see it. And very very few of us ever tell somebody else because if we tell somebody else, this is what I'm thinking I might want to do, and what if we don't do it? They're going to think, oh, what a loser, what a failure. They're not thinking about you at all. But the yeah. truth is. The boat doesn't land on your driveway just because you want a boat. The boat lands on your driveway. Well, maybe you see a picture of the boat you want. You figure out, oh, I can afford a couple thousand. Really, that's just a dinghy. But, um, of, you know, whatever you think you might afford to get a boat. And one day you're out having a beer with your friend. And you say, you know, I'm thinking about getting a boat. This is what I can afford. You know, I'd love to have this or whatever. One day your friend who you told this to is driving down some back road and somebody has a boat for sale on his driveway with that with around that price. You didn't see it. That person saw it. It's not woo-woo. Yeah. <laughs> so if it's in our heads and we write it down, and yeah, you have to see it more often, makes it a little bit more real. And then you tell someone, you got about an 85% chance you'll get her done. It's not magic. That's yeah. the way when you say, oh, the universe, co- you know, collaborates to bring stuff to you. That, that's what it means. Yeah. You say, gosh, I got to start walking more. And someone at work goes, yeah, me too. Let's go together. Well, then you all of a sudden got a little bit of an accountability piece. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, so, so it's what, one step in front of the other. Um, it's physics. Just, it's inertia. Yeah. yeah. It's Get the, it going. Yeah. So, so 
uh, one, I'm kind of switching gears, but I, I think, uh, you know, I, I work with a lot of people who are say older, uh, sometimes I'm working with younger myself. people. Yeah. Well, no, it's just people who are making a change. Usually they're selling a business. Usually they've inherited money. Usually there's something. And there's something about retirement planning that's easy, which is the numbers. Here's, you know, the step, step, yeah. step. And if this all happens, but re- the reality of that, that isn't where the fun comes from. And where I see the most stress, you know, I, I kind of jotted down a situation. So, you know, retired people, all of a sudden, you know, they're whatever age, they're looking at each other, kids are out of the house, they've lost their, you know, sort of passions and hobbies because life got busy. And, you know, you remember when you started dating your spouse, there's that picture of, uh, you know, that the woman in her Lulu golfing outfit or the guy in his hunting gear. And you're like, wow, I'm so attracted to such a man. And then you fast forward through the kids and sleep deprivation and fuck, you find yourself, you know, thinking there's no way I could do anything I like anymore because I have no time. And uh, if I go do that, then my wife, no desire, no desire. My wife or her husband will be mad at me for going and doing that. So uh, next thing you know, uh, you are at home, you're with your partner, you're bored, you have lots of money, but you have no life. So mm-hmm. people say like, why the hell didn't my financial advisor tell me about this in my retirement plan? You know, so I have, you know, this thing of, you know, my question to you is, do you have any comments on what? you know, maybe a 30, a 40, a 50 or a six-year-old can do to ensure they don't lose their passions along the way? And I know this is a big question, but that is a big question. But tying back to your book, is there anything in the two books that address maintaining yes. that balance? Okay. So this question here, so this has been my literally my hallmark quote for the last 25 years as a speaker. And I have been a hypocrite with this quote and I've dove back into it with this for this quote. Um, and I catch myself all the time. So I have been saying this quote, when's the last time you did something for the first time? Mm. Um, because when you, you think say it again, you say when, it again? when's the last time you did something for the first time? Thanks. And what you really want to ask yourself is how old are the stories you keep rehashing? With your good buds, with your spouse, right? Remember summer '88? Yeah, that was a good summer for me. Anyway, like seriously. So here's and here's why this is so important as we move through. And believe me, I'm on the cusp. Should I wind her down, or should I keep going? And I have not. I've decided I'm going to keep going for at least another year. I've committed to that. That just came to me last week, literally just came to me last week. And I have awesome. been in search of, and I call it aging wildly. And maybe that's my next book. I don't even know. <laughs> I've, I've done research. I've read books. I've read on what people call midlife because our retirement is not our parents' retirement. Right? Our yes. retirement is repurposing all the skills and gifts and things we've learned and saying, okay, how could I do something a little differently? And where, you know, so how old are the stories? And here's why the story thing is so, so important. The only thing we've had since we've been on the planet is been story to story to story to story. That's the only thing we've had. And the only reason we're on the planet is so we connect to each other. And the only way we connect, it's not about the detail of the spreadsheets or the minutia or the whatever, or even how much wealth we've gained. Um, because in the big pictures, that's a comfort thing for sure in some opportunities. 
but that's not really the joy factor. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only way we actually connect with each other is through stories. Like I've got to know something about you for me to connect with you, um, know you, be accountable to you. And you got to know something about me, right? I like, I like dogs. I've got dogs. My parent just passed, you know, where, where, where are you in your stories? You know, I, I have had a hell of a time through COVID. Most people have. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm ex- as exhausted as anybody is. And I, I do know what I need to do to, ma- to help maintain that. I know what I have to do to help maintain my own mental health, you know, sleep factor, all those things. So I, I like, to, like to share those stories with each other. It's through the stories. But in order to share stories, we have to become more vulnerable, which means we have to open up just a little bit. And a good, probably, you know, 40% of your uh Listeners are introverted, meaning that they hold their cards. And actually, I'm ironically more introverted than I am extroverted. So, but they hold their cards close to their chest. And people who are very introverted, who do hold their cards, they don't like to reveal too much about themselves to other people. It's uncomfortable for them. It's exhausting being around you if you are, because we keep trying, we keep asking, we keep reaching, and nothing's coming back. And so, what happens is we stop asking. So, in order for us to really connect, because connection is really why we're here. Um, where we find the joy, where we find the peace, where we find the calm is in this relationship with the peace. And um, so that's why the, 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 the vulnerability piece. But if our stories, as I often say, are older than a year. Now, right now, our stories are probably older than two years, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because we have not done a whole lot. And I don't mean, so in my business and in your business, uh, we've had the privilege of being able to see lots of parts of the planet. I have, I've, I've spoken mm-hmm. on like all over the planet and I don't mean that kind of a story because that's, that's privilege. That's my work. Someone's paying me to go somewhere really cool. I get it. I mean, when's the last time you dared yourself, you scared yourself, you pushed yourself, you had no idea what the outcome was going to be just cause what the hell. And I think mm-hmm. what COVID has done, I've, I've sort of, and I've done some cool Things push myself like big, big hikes, big treks, you know, base camp Everest. I've done that a few times. I've done, I walked the Camino, 800 and some kilometers by myself, nobody there. Um, but I, it's, that's also now five years old. And in the last two years, I've really lost my, I don't know, I call it my brave factor. Mm-hmm. And I think COVID has allowed me to sit in this chair that I'm sitting in right now you know, be on my computer, right? That part's, it's a very secure spot for me to get back out there and try new things. Kind of like, Ooh, got a little anxiety over that. (laughs) And so, you know, I've been ending most presentations in the last you know month or so saying we here's to getting our bravery back. We've been so cautious about everything that becomes feel that feels very normal to us right now. And I just think we got to dust off that, uh, our guts and get out there. I'd maybe, I'd maybe give yourself some grace though. It's, um, it's habit forming because it's been so long where you haven't been able to make the thing and you just, it's comfortable. And the thought of sitting down and getting on the computer, booking something, this is something that Jody and I fight with. And that's like, Oh, like I'm, I'm going, I'm doing something today out in the yard or you're just, but you have to do it. And, but yeah. where before it was, you get, get excited to sit down, yeah. book, do the thing and, and check off the bucket list where 
you know, the, the whole premise of that we've been talking about in our sort of sphere of, of this lifestyle revolution, if you want to call it, is, well, I don't need to prove anything to anybody anymore. This bucket list, that's all these expensive things. And it was almost like a status check. It's like, oh, I've done that. I've done that. Where there is more to it than that. There is the planning. Okay. Yeah. And this, I wrote, make it made a note. I think and I, I don't make too much notes in the podcast, but I, I love that stories. How old are the stories? Because that is those things are, are their energy, their energy yeah. pre, their energy after. There's value in uh, in a talk that I do. We we talk about you know do a, an experience is an hour, and it costs two thousand dollars. And in, in my example, it was a fighter jet pilot training course. And so you think, wow, why would you ever pay that much? But the value I broke I broke it down in this long thing that. The amount of times I get to tell the story in the first year was like worth is worth. I would have paid five thousand for it. So I, I appreciate you sharing, you know, those stories. And so, so where do we move forward from here? You know, you say one foot after the other. You know, we're so busy. Even mm-hmm. though it's just a new busy, how do we start making that shift? How do we start? I would dust think- off the, the the bucket list again. Um, I guess it could be a bucket list or, or you, if you want to start smaller, like, um, if you want to start smaller, I, I mean, how much time do we have? I would, um, I would, I would ask, honestly, I'd ask your listeners to, um, rate them just so they can get a snapshot of where they're at right now. Can I do that? Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. So I ask your listeners to rate themselves in four categories of their lives out of 10. Okay. The okay. first category is going to be relationships. And, and when I say relationships, I mean, you know, the ones that matter to you. Yep. personal friendships, coworkers, the ones that actually matter to you. Some probably are working really well. Some probably need some time and attention, but give yourself a rating out of 10 in the relationships of your life. And by the way, if you want to, you know, win the longevity race on the planet, yeah, anybody who lives in a blue zone, the people that live, you know, hundred years and beyond, this is their number one mm. relationships, communicating, you know, connecting, they take, they take maintenance, they don't take care of themselves. Move over to uh, the second category, physical activity. Are you consistently physically active throughout the year? I don't care whether that's walking, running, golfing, gardening, you're an Ironman, you're cycling, whatever you do, right? Is, is movement a part of who you are out of 10? All right. Um, careers and careers and finance go together, but, but we will spend on average, way more than our parents did, um, the boomers in your lives, um, in your careers, you know, do you love it still? Do you hate it? Are you counting the days to retirement? Um, Because a lot of people do count the days to retirement. Um, Is it energizing you? How much stress is it causing you? So give yourself a rating out of 10 under careers. And I have a more robust, I could tell people if they want to get a more robust personal audit where they can find that on my site. Uh, which breaks these down even further. So it's a little bit more detailed. And then um, the last quadrant I want you to rate yourself around is mindfulness. Is, uh, you know, your mindset, mindfulness slash spirituality. Do you, and how you want to rate it is, do you spend any time in, it should be in a day, but I'll move it to a week, just getting quiet enough to hear yourself think. And you do that on purpose and it's scheduled. It doesn't just happen. You carve it. Okay. And then I'd ask you to add those four quadrants up out of 40 and see where your number lands. Now, don't judge the number 
don't think, oh my God, that's low, or oh my God, look at me, I'm high. But I will tell you that pre-COVID, during COVID, and now we're hopefully coming out this, you know, the the back end of this experience, um, the numbers have not been that different. Where you think, oh, I wonder if they would have been. Um, most people land smack dab in the middle, 17 to about 21. Most people do. Um, the next largest portion is probably, um, you know, 12 to 15. And a few people land in the 30s and, and very few people land between, very, very few people land between 30 and 40. Okay. Right. And how people, if you want to make decisions, you know, but how people land in the high numbers, like 30 plus is they are very mindful, intentional human beings who know have practices in their daily lives, meaning that they, they, they set themselves up for the best day possible. They gift themselves 10, 15 minutes in the morning before they start the racquetball game of their lives. And they also bookend the end of their day with how they unwind their day. So they get right. the best sleep quality of their lives. And in the middle of their day, when shit hits a fan, they have what I call as a process of how they you know, debunk the stress that's happening. They call a friend, they talk to a mentor, they have a coach, um, they go for a walk, they move their energy. That's a practice and a process for them. Okay, so saying all that, choose one of these areas that you feel needs some time and attention, not three, maybe all four of them do, but choose the one that would give you the biggest payoff the quickest right now. And don't just say, oh, God, I need to move more because number one that comes down every time is physical activity. Number two is mindfulness. Number three is relationships and career hardly ever makes <laughs> career uh, hardly ever makes the list. So that's how it's that's how it's played out every time I've done this. And I'm talking you I'm talking thousands of people I've done this with thousands. It, yeah, so, so don't I, just say I need to move more. Get really specific. I need to take a walk today. I need to pick up the phone and call somebody I'm having a you know a little bit of tension with today. And if it's mindfulness, I'm going to give myself 10 minutes just by myself. Tell the kids to go away. Just go in the bathroom if you have to. I don't care. Soak in your tub. Yeah. But you, it's got to be scheduled and planned. But purpose. Linda, you know what? I all this discipline, it just seems like overwhelming to me. So I just Does want it? to relax in life. No, I'm I'm putting a question out. So I'm, oh. I, I just want to like live my life and relax. So, you know, it's like, oh, I got another thing to like put on the agenda. Ooh, you're saying that, 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 so if I triggered that for you, if me doing this with you, see, the thing is you already knew all this, but I just did. I'm, I'm help. I'm helping move this car. I'm, I know yeah, you I are. want you to break it down. Cause I know lots of people will say that. It's like, Hey, oh, it's like, you know, why are you so disciplined? Why do you, you I'm know, not disciplined. Oh my God. Ah. No, God. Um, I mean, I have a dog, so I have to walk my dog. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, other than that, you know what I do? How, how I do discipline. I love cooking. I'm just, I'm just as an example. I yep. freaking love cooking. I love making whatever. And I make a deal with myself. I will work in my office and get this much done. And when I'm done that I can go in the kitchen because that's what I love to do. Right. So I have that little piece um, of that's, if that's discipline, I don't know. I don't know if that's discipline, but the truth yep. is here's the truth. Everybody listening to this right now won't change a damn thing about themselves until it stops working for them. Mm -hmm. So relationships are falling apart. Your health is falling apart. And even then some people won't change then 
until you're pushed. You lose a job. So, but I, I'm assuming that people are listening to this podcast have have some jam, you know, know what it means. And I, I, and I also always say, um, don't overthink this. Tie the shoes on your feet and walk out the door. Ten minutes, yeah. just just like literally, stop this podcast and get out the freaking door. Um, stop the podcast and pick up the phone. <laughs> Or put your AirPods on and go out and walk with the podcast. And that's... Well, that's true. But I also believe, see, if you want to get two for one, if you want to get mindfulness and physical activity, uh, don't put the AirPods in. I know I don't want them to not listen to your podcast. uh, Because if you can, I always say this, because I've I've been a hiker for all my life. And um, in order for me, and I realize the reason you want to do my, you want to walk outside without AirPods or the music in your ears is so that you can just, um, you know, just be with yourself and lower cortisol stress hormone in your body. That's the only way it works. Mm-hmm. You got to just be however that just be means. So I jokingly say, whenever I hike, I go up with God and down with the stones. Yeah. So I go up in silence just so I can hear birds yeah. whatever, and down with music. Right. I always oh. have done that. And, um, I mean, but you're you're stacking things. You're you're um, not stacking is the wrong word, but no, it's, no, it's multitasking. But yeah, but but here's another. This is this is um, statistically, scientifically proven. The the actual magic for our physical and mental well being, so that you have the energy to go and do something like pick up the, the thing and book a trip. Because I can't even, I'm so exhausted. I can't even fathom going on a trip and having to test. Well, now the tests are being dropped too. Thank God. Um, yeah. But the magic is moving your body outside in nature it has to be green space. So even if you're in a city, whether that's has you know maybe a park, just some trees, some grass, just some just in nature. For those of us that live in the Okanagan, there's trails everywhere. Um, for 20 minutes, that's the magic number. I call oh it the God. 20 minutes that will change your life. Outside, moving your body in nature, 20 minutes. It just massively improves our mental health. And our physical well-being. What fits with uh, an author that you know I, I really uh, enjoy is Robin Sharma. Yeah, and he talks in his five AM Club book, and so he's got this whole premise. Some people love to get up early, some people don't, but he calls it the twenty twenty twenty. And so, right when you wake up, five AM, twenty minutes of exercise, like sleep in your shorts. He tells you. So then, when you wake up, you're like, oh, I got these shorts on. Oh, I got to do this, and it could even be stretching twenty minutes of that. 20 minutes of a podcast or book so you're gonna, and then 20 minutes of journal. So you've got this day where you you've already crushed it by the time 6am comes. So that's a bit of, of a side story, but you um, in your sort of wealth picture, you have moved a number of times <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, uh, people ask me now and in the investment world, you know, we bleed into real estate and we do, you know, help people buy real estate and, you know, we, we build that into the plan and you've moved a lot. And so for somebody, and again, side story, your husband's a builder, a commercial developer builder. So it's not just you, but it's also you as a team moving is a pain in the fricking ass, but somehow you guys have 28 times, 28 times in 35 years. 28 times. So we're at like basically every year and two months, maybe you're moving. And 
is that from a financial standpoint or is that from a desire? So, you know, you've got a lifestyle you want to live. Have you had 28 different lifestyles that you wanted to live and you've lived in 28 different houses or is it, Oh, opportunity got to go. And then you move Um, and then that's helped your wealth picture. Actually, I made a decision after I think was it Harbeck or um, I can't remember who it was. I went and saw one day. This is after probably about no, we moved because of our jobs and this and that for the first little while. And with the kids, you know, whatever. Um, but it's what Kevin does extremely well. So so we just did that. I didn't really think much about it because every if you didn't like your laundry room, wait a year. <laughs> that's all I ever said. I don't like my kitchen. I bought new granite and another house. Um <laughs> But I remember coming home from seeing uh, some speaker and I said, Kevin, uh, let's pull the trigger. And so we started doing it with the intention of building, you know, equity. Uh, uh, and we bought the cheapest lot in the best neighborhood up on Dilworth Mountain. That was the first time we did it with the mindful thought that we're going to flip this place. Right. And but Kevin wanted acreage. Kevin wanted acreage, as I always say. He just needs his own tree to pee on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can appreciate that. Yeah, and uh, so once we got to the first acreage, um, we we were actually there nine years. So take that into consideration wow. of the number of houses. Yeah, and then we sold it so he could build his first soul because we right. we gained massive equity with that place. Yeah. And uh, was which almost killed him because he he loved the place and so he almost for, for the listeners soul was an apartment building maybe yes, sorry, thank you kind of yeah. and now he's on to like soul seven um yeah. and anyway so then then that happened then he was mad at me but we lived in one of his show homes which was already built that was an easy move into <laughs> and then that sold and so then we moved into a place I really loved but he hated it because it was in a neighborhood and he didn't like going back to a neighborhood so then he bought the current acreage that we're in right now and we've been here five years. Um, uh, while I was actually on the road and away, he just said, right. sit down and pull up your computer. He goes, this is what I bought today. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> here we go again. And so, you know, we think we've got, but since then, since then, um, and there's, a, this is not all good, but I mean, it is all good, but it's not all good from a wealth building perspective. Right. We've, he's, we've retained condos in every one of his buildings. And that, so we retain, you know, we keep on buying, you know, more, more places um, of which we Airbnb out three of them and um, rent out others. And so that's become a, a sort of a part of our mix. But if you look at the pie chart of where all of our investments are, the majority of them are in real estate. Yeah. Uh, very little are in uh, what I call, you know, our RSPs, tax free savings, those things. And uh, so we need to uh, mix it up a bit. (laughs) Well, I I use the term wealth edge when I'm talking to clients that, um, and my industry would hate me for saying this, but, you know, we'd say, oh, you got to have as much in stocks and investments because that's how our industry is built. You know, we don't sell real estate and make commissions. So why would we tell you to buy real estate? But the reality for people is you've got to get deeper and look at what their wealth edge is. You know, it's funny, it's Edge, and your last name's Edgecomb, and your husband's nickname is Edgy. Edgy. So, uh, you know. My company's wealth... Learning Edge Resources, Kevin's yeah, a live so... Edge Okanagan. Yeah. A lot of Edge. So the wealth edge, edge. For, <laughs> for a realtor, like a successful realtor I met, you know, in the last couple of weeks, she was saying that. And I said, why, why are you trying to put more into investments when you see stuff before it comes on the market? Like that is 
your edge. You have that over. So someone else that is, you know, a dentist, their wealth edge is massive, consistent income. So, you know, they could, you know, buy kind of whatever they want and it might be good. It might be bad, but they can take maybe more risk because their income, maybe as long as they have a good disability policy, but they can take more risk with their investments because their edge is their income. Right. If you're, you know, again, uh, you know, plumber, you know, that you'd want to be doing rentals or something, you know? So I think there's this whole thing, kind of like what you said, well, maybe I will retire. Maybe I won't that there's, there's shifts, there's changes that are happening about how we look at things. If you in a speaking world said, well, I'm going to do five gigs a year. Yeah. You would have to save a lot less and have a lot less in, in investments. Cause that might cover your spending. Yeah. So I, that would be the message that I would be trying to get out to people. And I think people get it for me like a broken record, but that it doesn't have to look like save, save, save till you're 60. Hopefully you have more money than the average person. And then you'll be happy. It could, you could work till 75. If you're healthy, maybe you're in yoga instructor for the last 10 years of your career, making 30 grand a year, but who cares? That's what you need. So any final comments on, on what we've chatted about or what, you know, what, message that you're the most passionate about right now when you're speaking to crowds and you get the most reaction out of people what is that right now for you that that's helping people move to a better life okay so um we don't have time i was going to anyway it doesn't matter i was going to do another little sort of well, i got another 15 minutes if you got the time okay so if you if, if your listeners really want to know what they really want like you got to figure out what do you really want? So you can say no to what you don't want. Um, just pretend I'm the genie. Okay. okay? And, I, and I grant you one wish. It could be anything you want. You know, the only thing you can't wish for is more wishes. That's it. Um, and so it, write that down. One wish. What is it? Kazillion dollars. Is it a house on the ocean? Uh, is it your, your health? What is it? Boom. You've got it. I just granted it. Okay. The next piece is you need to see yourself now that you've got this new wish. Like, what's your life like? Is it different? Are you doing things differently? You know, are you living differently? Do you have different friends? Do you have whatever? Are you eating differently? How's your life? You got to see the picture of that. And then when you look at all that, you've got the wish, you're living your life differently now that you have this wish. What does all that make you feel? What's the emotion attached to having that? So the real answer to the genie question is, if I'm the genie, I grant you one wish. The real answer is the third thing you just wrote down there. You want to feel more, whatever it is for you. Common ones are peace, calm, content, um, proud, um, bliss, loving, you know, whatever whatever the emotion is, that's what you want more of. So you can have that right now. It's it's an it's an it's an internal driver. It doesn't come from extrinsic things. And if you want, so what I'd suggest as another challenge for you is to for the next couple of days, just make your decisions based on you want to feel that. So that move you towards feeling that base. You know what am I gonna what am I gonna do at lunch today? Am I gonna move my body today? Am I gonna talk to my friends or family today? All whatever that emotion is, make decisions over the next couple of days that bring you to that state more frequently. Because that's what you really want to feel that more, and you can have that, and that doesn't have to cost you. That's just mm-hmm. decision making. Back to decision making. But to wrap it, I would say, you know, what what how I normally wrap most presentations is like I have a cartoon and it's a 
a couple of bees hovering over a bunch of flowers. And the captain says, um, you know, where, like, where do you start in a state of overwhelm? Because people are overwhelmed. Like you right. said this, where do I friggin' start? You just pick one flower and start there. Yeah. You just pick your desk and start there. You pick your car, clean that up, start there. Pick a corner of whatever is distracting, where the distractions, just start there. Don't have to finish it. Just start. Just start anything. That's literally what I, just start. Get the inspiration flywheel turning and it, yes. it leads to, to things. So the I wasn't going to ask this, but if you, uh, do you have a, uh, you have bonus time? Do you have a couple of minutes? Sure. You can do one more question. So yeah. uh, you've been doing a lot of research uh, with yourself uh, about, do I lay off the gas? Do I keep it on? And I think, you know, staying sharp in your career is, is part of what makes it electrifying. So, you know, I, I wrote down, is there a fear of letting off the gas that it's a one-way street to being unsuccessful in an empty bank account? Now, again, if, if you've got property and, you know, you've got, you know, yeah. nest eggs built up, but someone who's younger to say, like, I'm working so hard, you know, we talked about the construction industry or oh, just yeah. burnout, burnout, was, but you can't lay off the gas because your blue collar guy's got to be inspired by your long days. But if I lay off the gas, then I'll be unsuccessful and I'll have a small bank account. Is that fact? Well, I guess it's fact for people who actually feel that way. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you. It depends how much of your ego is attached to what you do. Okay. So in construction, they didn't have the opportunity like I have where I lost my business. I lost my income and I lost my identity. Okay. And I say the opportunity because that opportunity where I literally everything shut down for me. Um, it took me about, I say six, seven months for me to take my head out of my arse and put the wine glass down and go, okay. <laughs> Is there another way I could do this? Which I did. I learned stuff. I, I'm not technical. I learned how to do my business virtually um, and stumbled and whatever. Whereas in construction, though, because it is a it's a it is a physical uh, and but those guys, they ramped up that industry. It was certainly around here. Well, no, it has across the country. It exploded. Yeah. It's exploded. So the, the pressure and the opportunities just keep coming. It, you know. If you're in a job where you have, I don't care whether it's hard, whether it's labor or whether it's intellectual or whatever, and you've got good leadership around you, you have an opportunity to move, change, switch, uh, learn new, uh, all that stuff. That is where the inspiration for any job or career comes from. My ego and my identity was way too wrapped up in what I did for a living, being on stage. And I always have said, as far as when I want to take my gap, my foot off the gas, is I always wanted to leave my business before it left me. Yeah. Um, I, I certainly don't want to be one of those people who are irrelevant. And, you know, so when you are in the, I call it the entertainment business, um, and, you know, I have colleagues where I used to be the young one. I used to be the 30-year-old, you know, just Scott was ramping up high. And now I've been at the good thing is I've been at this a long time. And the train's been on the tracks a long time. I still have a lot of business. And so, yeah. but again, I just, my, I have learned that I am not just Linda Edgecombe, the speaker and, um, and the writer or whatever researcher. I, I'm fascinated by people. I, I love chatting about interesting things. Um, yeah, I like getting to know people and what's behind. I like the I like the behind the scenes stories. 
Like I have no time for bullshit anymore. So I just want, I want the backstory right now, you know, <laughs> and most people, if you ask them good questions, they answer you. That's the cool thing about what I Yeah. Well, I, I sincerely appreciate you being on the show. I, this was inspired by a coffee meeting and we've known each other for a number of years, but never really chatted uh, in depth. So uh, I'm really excited to see this come to fruition. I know that we have a lot more that we could probably unpack and I look forward to having you on the show. Uh, where can people find your information? Um, as my dad would say, where, where do I find you on the WW? <laughs> he <said that>. literally <laughs> yeah. called it the WW. Uh, well, certainly, yeah, I mean, my website has, as my dad says, has more shit than Shinola. Um, yeah. <laughs> just my name, lindaedgecomb.com. Go, Google me. <laughs> There's too much stuff out there. There is so much yep. stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, all my, all my, I've got online courses and of course all the programs I offer in uh, my, my blog. And um, I've got a, a, a podcast that's going now called from the hip real raw and refreshing. And, uh, and that, that's going really well. And so I've got some interesting, different kind of conversations, um, meeting people and anyway, anything I find interesting, I like to talk about. Um, but yeah, it's pretty easy, pretty straightforward. We will make sure that we have uh, those links in the notes. So thanks a lot. Linda for being on the show. Yep. Thank you. If you found this episode valuable, share it with a friend. If you found this episode super valuable, leave us a review on iTunes. It will help us continue to bring you top quality content. For more information on anything discussed on this show, visit www.servicewealth.com. That's service spelled S-E-R-V-I-S-S. Any investment topics covered on the show are not investment recommendations, and you should seek professional advice before making any investment decisions. This show was produced by Podigy Podcasts. Thanks for listening.